Hey, what is going on, everyone? You are listening to another episode of our Doable Discipleship Podcast. We are a podcast designed to deepen your faith in God, or as we like to say, the show that helps you grow. I am your host, Brandon Robinson. Um, Jason Wheeland, the other host, he is not with us. He is still uh, at home. He and his wife, Alicia, have just brought home a baby girl. Uh, So their family is expanding. He is at home being a great father, I'm sure. Again, Jason, if you're listening, we love you so much, and we are excited to get you back on the podcast and back in uh, the chair. But we are praying for you, and we love you. Today, we are joined by Tom Holliday. Pastor Tom is one of... uh, The pastor's at Saddleback. He's a teaching pastor with tons of experience, um, an incredibly sharp theological mind. He today is going to unpack for us God and time. And these are uh, two huge subjects that philosophers have debated about and talked about for years and for centuries. Uh, centuries have this has been something that has tied a lot of people's brain uh, in knots. So today, as best as we can, we are going to untangle that and talk about God and God being greater than time, God being beyond time. If you've been listening with us in this series, we've talked about how we relate to time, right? So we've talked about Chronos time. Um, the way we think about time and minutes and hours and days and months, years that we can track. We've talked about Kairos time, seasons of life, uh, that they're not marked by any specific Chronos time marker, but we can look back and we can know that something was happening during that time. I changed during that time. God was up to something during that time. Um, we've talked about how God can redeem time uh, with uh, Megan and different interviews. And we've also talked about different spiritual practices that we can use to leverage time to grow uh, and to deepen our faith and understanding and love for God. But today we're talking about God and time. And Pastor Tom, what we want to talk about, this is, I kind of feel like I'm throwing you in. It's it's, Yeah, (laughs) joyful to be here. I'm afraid like if people are listening to these and they have like two or three lined up, They're going, God and time. Mm, That sounds philosophical. They're going to the next podcast, you know, whatever it might be. (laughs) So I hope you'll hang in for just a few minutes, at least. Absolutely. uh, Everybody that's listening, because um, I think there's things to talk about, about worship, about the greatness of God, about the power of God, about our trust in God, in uh, in looking at what we're going to look at together today. But I admit, it's a little bit of a daunting uh, subject for me as well. So we'll pray through this one together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I hope that was encouraging to you if you're listening, because it can easily lean over into the philosophical world. And you might be thinking, well, what does that, what does that mean for me? What am I supposed to do with that information? Uh, I'm not a philosopher. I'm not studying at some great university and having debates. There's so much for us uh, here to unpack. And there's a lot for you and a lot for us to understand. So I guess just starting off, Pastor Tom, what does it mean that uh, God is greater than time. Cause I think for us, we can, it's hard for us to think outside of time or think of anything right. being greater than time because we can only experience time and we have yes. a past, we have a yes. present moment, and then we have the future that we can look into or look so forward I, I like to. The way, I like the way you said that, Brandon. Sometimes when we talk about this, people talk about God existing outside of time. And mm. I think I understand what people mean when they say that, that he is greater, he's more than but what I don't like about that phrase, outside of time, it feels like, you know, God's watching a movie, you know, and he's sitting in an empty theater 
and time is running and he's outside of it. He's not part of it. Uh, right. But the truth is God is actually greater than time. He is in every moment of time, but he also exists eternally in heaven, uh, which sort of has a different timetable. We can talk about this a little bit more in a few minutes, maybe uh, dig yeah. into this a little bit more that there's a different timetable in heaven than there is on earth. A lot of people have never really thought about that. And so he exists in all of that all at once. Um, I mean, you know, this isn't going to be philosophical, but if we're going to talk about God and time, we have to like have a, this will blow your mind moment at least once. So what I'd say, what, what we talk about in foundations when we talk about this, I ask everybody yeah. to take a white sheet of paper, eight, eight and a half by 11, blank, and just put a pencil dot in the middle of it. And then I tell them, okay, look at that pencil dot. I mean, you can take it all in. That's how God can take in time. Mm. He can see all of human history like you and I see that pencil dot. He can, he can perceive it. He can understand it all at once. Well, I, I, I can't understand that. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean even I'm, I'm saying it. I know it's true, but I can't understand it. So it's right. the, one of those moments that reminds me God is so much greater. And when we say God is greater, how great is our God, we sing. But God is so much greater than we are that we can't even, we can't even take it in which really helps, I think, with some of the issues that we have in our lives. When I have doubts, when I have struggles, God wants to hear those doubts, mm -hmm. and he will explain things to me through his word. There's no doubt about that. But there are some doubts that aren't going to be answered because they're just bigger than I am. Uh, yeah. Why do certain things happen at certain times? When is God going to deal with evil? How is God going to deal with evil? There are things that are just bigger than I am. And it's hard to admit that to myself. That's, that's not right. an easy thing, but it's absolutely the truth. I know that's the truth. So it helps us with, with the doubts that we have. But when you realize how much greater God really, really is, it also helps us with understanding how much he cares. Uh, mm -hmm. He's invested in every moment of everyone's life, lives all at once. And this idea that God doesn't have time for me, some people feel that way. Right. I, when I pray... Uh, God doesn't really, you know, he's got other, he's got a billion other people's prayers to listen to. My prayer isn't that important. You're talking to a God who can take it all in like a dot on a page. He certainly has time for you in his greatness. Mm. So this idea that God maybe doesn't care because he's outside of time, actually him being greater than time, it's, it's the exact opposite. He is fully, completely, totally invested in every one of our lives, every moment of our lives, all through our lives. So that's a lot to chew on. That's at least a start <laughs> to think about. That's, <laughs> that's good. No, that, that's great. And oh, I by think... the way, since we're chewing on that, I just have to say this. The same thing Whoa. is true with place. Mm. God is every place all at once. He's not living just up in heaven. He is infused. He's, he's every place in all of his creation and all the universe all at once. I, I know we're not trying to be, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a physicist, but I sure do love science and physics. And when, when you study the smallest particles, you know, you go down to electrons and then they go to smaller things yeah. that they think like gluons, which is one of my favorite small particles. It's just a great name. When, when scientists look at that, they say there's an energy. There's a something that's holding those particles together at the, at the smallest level of the universe that they can't mm. identify. Well, you and I as believers, we know what it is. God's the one right. who's holding everything together. Yeah. 
So this idea that God is just in one place, he's not. He is holding it all together in every place in all the universe. Or that God is just in one time. No, he's in all times, all at once, caring, comforting, strengthening, showing justice. That's the God that we serve. Yeah, and I think what's, what's, what I love about what you just said, like if, notice what Pastor Tom just said if, for, for all of you guys who are tuned in and who are listening. Um, it tells us a lot about God's nature right? Being yes. omnipresent, being able to be in more than one place at once. For us in a relationship with God, we, it's, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that because we're going, I've only ever experienced one reality. I can be in one place at one time and yeah. that's it. Um, and, and no, the, the no. Same thing I mean, goes, when we say God is eternal, I, yeah. say, I can't wrap my mind around that, that God always will exist. He eternally will exist. Yes. But that's not the only part of eternity. Mm -hmm. Eternity means he always has existed. There has never been a time when God did not exist. Well, I'm not catching up with that thinking because I think totally linear. I'm a I'm a product of this earth. Right. God is above and beyond that. He is greater than that. That's the God that we worship. And and if you want to think about how that relates to your practical life, that's the rock that you stand on. Yeah, you need a rock. I mean, we think, okay, I need a rock of stability. That is how stable that rock is. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I'm thinking about hearing you speak, just growing up, I went to uh, a Christian high school and we would learn about the nature of God, right? So we'd learn, you know, uh, God is all powerful. Um, God is omni, all the omnis. Uh, Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipotent, omniscient, (laughs) all knowing. And I think, man, that's, well, that's pretty cool. Um, but what I love about what you just did, you not only said, okay, God is all of the omnis, omnipotent, omniscient, but also f- for the purpose of what? For love, for goodness, for justice, for righteousness. He is in all places, in all time, and he's doing something. It's not just that he um, can, this is part of his nature, he has the power and he can do these things, or he can be in all these different places at once, or he's uh, greater than time, but he's in all the time and he's redeeming and restoring and reconciling. And we're seeing all of the fruit and all the goodness come from this. And I want to just make that distinction when we think about, you know, the nature of God, I kind of think about it in terms of, if you were to ask, um, you know, if I were to ask you, Pastor Tom, what's your, what's your wife like? What's Sean, yeah. what's Sean Dell holiday like? Right. Um, if I was, would never have uh, any interaction with her, you would tell me. I'd say um, she's omnipotent. She's omniscient. <laughs> she's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how tall she is, but she probably wouldn't start with, you know, that's... she's, she, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how tall she is, but you probably wouldn't say, oh, well, she's um, five, eight you, you could say that, and that would be true about her, but you would say, no, she's so caring. Let me tell you about what she's exactly. like. She's and you loving. don't know how old she is, and I would not say how old she is. I don't is. know that how old be she part is. of my description. <laughs> but those aren't the most important things about her. Those are That's true right. things about her. That's but right. what's greater than that, what's more, um, uh, what, what we really want to know, what we want to really want to get at is what is she like? And that's what I love about what you just did. You told us what God is like, not just... Um, his, his attributes no, and characteristics right, Brandon. That's, that's of perfect. him. Because when you look at the Bible, I mean, obviously, as you study through uh, the names of God, God is almighty, and you see how, where God is, 
you can learn through a reading of the entire Bible that God is omniscient, that God is omnipotent. It's obvious. But when the Bible itself says the words God is, it doesn't say in Psalms God is omnipotent. It says God is faithful. Mm. It doesn't say in First John God is omniscient, although he is. It says right. God is love. So when we hear words like omnipotent and omniscient, we want to make them like the thing, like, wow. But they're so impersonal. And it yeah. makes us, if we're not careful, feel like God is impersonal. So I love what you just said, because God's omnipotence and omniscience and omnipresence, all of those are in the, uh, are in the arena, the context, the reality of God's character. His character yes. is shown in all those places. Yeah. And so if we say God is greater than time, he is in every time all at once, he's above and beyond time, that's mean, that means that God's love is in every time all at once. Yes. That God's love is above and beyond time. That's and so it, good. And it, and it just, just for Bible study, it sort of uh, sets aside some of the ridiculous arguments about the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. Well, if God is above and beyond time, if he's in every time all at once, the idea that he was one way in Old Testament times and then he like made this switch and he became a different <laughs> different God, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. He's a God of love in the Old Testament. He's a God of love in the New Testament. He's a God of justice in the Old Testament. He's a God of justice in the New Testament. It's all God all the time. Right. That's 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 so good. And thinking about that, if you know, God being greater than time, that God is in every moment of time. Um, does that help us understand? Does that mean uh, he knows everything that will happen? What does that mean for free will? Does it mean that God is making things happen and we just kind of catch up to whatever decision he's already decided should happen? What does that look like? Um, well, yes, for it does us? mean he knows everything that will happen. I mean, obviously, he knows everything. Right. Does that mean he controls every one of your choices? No, because he's giving you free free will. And and again, this is one of those things that's above and beyond our understanding. I don't know if you've talked about sovereignty and free will as a part of this discussion. We haven't, no. Time. So yeah, go you into know, what, it, one of the, please. And that's, you know, sovereignty is that God is above and beyond everything. He knows everything that's going to happen. He's in control of everything that's going to happen. Free will is that he's given us choice. And we look at those two and think, well, they're mutually exclusive. It's got to be either one or the other. But the truth is both are true. And the illustration I use sometimes with people is a, is a coin. Like, say you're holding a quarter. If I'm mm -hmm. holding a quarter in my hand, I can look at the heads side of the corner. Let's say that's the free will side. And I can take in all the detail. And I can figure it out. Okay, that's how that works. I can see the dates. I can see the lines. Uh, and then I can turn it over. And let's say the tail side is the God sovereignty side. If I look at it closely, I can see how sovereign God is. But if I try to look at both sides of the quarter at the same time, I can't do it. I know you're saying mm. on my phone, I can take a picture. I can, I get it. Let me just say, I just have it in my hand. Physically I'm in trying your to hand. look at both sides. It just gets blurry. And that's certainly it is, the way it is with us. We can understand that we have free will. We can understand that God is sovereign. The way the two fit together, it's a little blurry to us. Yeah. And what I've actually found is that over time, um, actually you come to a spiritual understanding of this thing of sovereignty and free will. Uh, there's a depth of understanding that comes into your soul of God being in control, even though he has given us free will. That's one of the things that happens as you read God's word more, as you spend more time with the Father. Uh, you, you don't understand it, but you spiritually 
have an acceptance or a comprehension of it that you didn't have before. Uh, you never get to a point of really getting it, but you do get a get to a point of being at peace with it and actually feeling the power of it. That's good. How so? Like you said, we don't get to a point of we're not going to fully understand it. And I think that kind of hits on what you were saying earlier. There's things that we can't fully grasp. Um, things like God and time and God being greater than time that we know is true, but we can't, you know, just write it all out. And I mean, we've, we've tried, right. But there's things that are beyond our natural understanding. Um, how well, do I've we always come... loved what Augustine said about this. If you can understand it, it's not God. <laughs> so if I can yeah. figure it, this person who's supposed to be God all out and understand mm-hmm. it, it's not God. It's, it's me. not God. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, do you have any experience around that of coming to terms with that? Cause I think that can be a sticking point for, for a lot of us going, well, shouldn't I be able to understand everything fully? Doesn't God want me to understand everything fully? Um, how do we come to terms and come to peace with, um, we are finite created beings, uh, but God is infinite. How do we come to terms and come to a piece of, you know what, I'm not going to know everything and that's okay. And how does faith play into that? I think it's, it may be different for different people. So this is my experience. Uh, for me, it's built around actually a relationship and not a philosophy. It's built mm-hmm. around the relationship that we have with God as our father, that he is a perfect father. And when you begin to understand that, we're, we are perfectly adopted by a perfect father. I'm in this relationship with him. Uh, that changes things. That changes the way I think about life and I think about God. Uh, saying God is my father, there's a humility in that, that I need a father all my life. Uh, it's not like I'm going to grow up to a point where, hey, God and I are like co-equals. I'm always going to need him as my, as my father. So mm-hmm. for me, it's been in that relationship of understanding what it means for God to be my father. Yeah, that's good. God our, as our father, I think, and even as you're saying that about Jesus, and you know, we think about the uh, conception and birth, and then we have, you know, baby Jesus is, is, is with us, God with us, Emmanuel. Um, right. But hearing you speak, it's important to know, like, that's not the first it's not like God just started caring um, when Jesus shows up on the scene. Um, how can we see God in time and throughout time, uh, even outside of that one moment? Because surely God has been, if God is greater than time, if God is in all uh, places and points of time, it's probably most tangible for us to point into, oh yeah, Jesus, you know, the birth of Jesus, God with us. But it's yes. bigger than that as well, right? Yeah, I think uh, the, the Old Testament is the story of how God's promise made its way through the thread of all of Israel's history and how mm-hmm. in every historical moment, God was working to carry that promise forward. And it's great for us today because we get to read back on history that's already happened. And we see, okay, that's why this happened to Israel. That's why the Red Sea happened. That's why the wilderness wandering happened. That's why all these, you know, that's why this happened with Saul and that happened with David. Well, now we're in the history of what's happening with God's church, God's people in the New Testament. And he's heading us towards a promise as well. He's working in the history of who we are as a church, as a church and as a people. But he's building this great temple that he talks about in the the book of Ephesians. And he's doing all of that. But we're not able to read back into it yet. 
We're experiencing it. So we're like mm. the people of Israel were while they were experiencing it. And if, if, you, if you read a, just a little bit of the Old Testament, you find out that their experience of God and time was a lot of grumbling because it <laughs> took too much time. It didn't yeah. happen at the right time. It wasn't on yeah. my timetable. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying we might grumble about time today. I won't confess that for anybody else that might be listening. So I'll just confess it for myself that there's a lot of grumbling about time in my life. You know, why am I having to wait at this light? Why didn't that work? Just the little things. We, we, we grumble about God's timetable as well. But when you look at who God really is, and that he really is greater than time. And he has this plan that spans all of the generations of this earth toward this eternity that we're going to have with him in heaven. There is this sense of trust in what God is doing that starts to overwhelm you in a way that, that just never has before. You're, st you're still going to hate standing in line at the DMV. I'm not saying you're <laughs> going to love standing in line. But as far as your feel for your whole life yeah. and who you are and what God is about in your life, you are a part of that. As a follower yeah. of Jesus Christ, you are a part of that as you serve God in the church and you get to see a little of it. You know, I'm this one brick that's being put in. You don't get to see a lot of it, but you do trust like just in the Old Testament. God was doing something. He's doing something even greater today. He's looking toward eternity. And we're a part of that. Yes. Um, yes. If I put my skeptic hat on, right, if hearing you speak, I can go, well, if God is greater than time and if God is in, is involved in, you know, in the, in the old Testament and even right now with us in our lives and he cares about the details of our lives and he's involved, um, in this time, in this moment, uh, that God is active and that God is working. What would you say, um, to someone who goes, well, if that's true, then what about the bad things that happen? If yeah. God is involved in time, shouldn't there be more righteousness? Shouldn't there be more goodness? Um, how do how would you answer that? How do we how do we speak to that? I, I want to say this very carefully because it could sound like I'm minimizing the pain that we're going through, and uh, I'm not. I mean, God is cares about is involved in the pain that we're going through right now, and we know that He works to. Um, right injustices even in this world we've seen him do that we've all seen him do that so he's mm -hmm. working today but we see also injustices that are not righted that's the way we see it but think about this from god's perspective he sees everything all at once from his perspective that injustice has already been dealt with it's mm. already been righted he knows what's going to happen in eternity he knows how that person's going to be judged or how they're going to be saved and escape judgment because of the power of the cross, how Jesus is going to take that injustice of that person on the cross so that that person won't have to pay for it. He sees yeah. all of that all at once. We don't. We're in the middle of it. It's like we're, you know, it's like you're in the middle of this trial and you, everybody knows this person was guilty, but in the middle of the trial, it looks like it's going the wrong way and they're going to get off. Mm. But at the end of the trial, they're going to be convicted. Well, if you knew that, you wouldn't worry in the middle of the trial. You wouldn't be concerned a bit because you knew what the end of the story was going to be. Yeah. When, when you look at who God is, he understands it all, all at once. And he knows that he's going to bring justice to that person. And I know I want, you want, we all want, let's do it today. And we should be working for it to be done today. That's why I want to be very careful with what I'm saying. 
Because some yeah. people take this to mean, oh, God's going to take care of it in eternity. Let's not do anything about it now. That's not understanding God in time either. It's a mm. both and. It's not either or. God's going to take care of it in eternity. He knows he's going to bring justice someday. But he also, again and again and again in Scripture, tells us about having justice for the poor, having justice for the oppressed, having justice for those who are treated as unequal and prejudiced against. We're supposed yeah. to have justice because that's what being like God. That's being like God. Yeah. And this world good. needs us to be like God. That's part. It, it, it actually is part of what he's going to do in eternity. The ways that we work for justice today are, are brought, not only bring justice today, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, let's be honest. But the ways mm -hmm. that you and I as believers are working for justice today, they are brought into eternity in ways that praise Jesus forever. So wow. it's, it's both ends. You got to, I know we're getting into deeper stuff. Sounds philosophical, but it's hard uh, not to <laughs> yes. with this topic. It's hard not to. Um, I like that both. It's, it's a, it's a both and, um, and I, I kind of thinking back to what you're just saying, it's part of our limitation, right? As humans, as we're not infinite, we, we, God knows, but that doesn't mean we know. And I think that we yes. have, especially now in this age and in the information age um, where there's so much information already and available to us right now, Google search away, we can dig for a day. I mean, there's so much that we can find. And we, I think we, subconsciously bring that into our relationship with God. And we think, no, I should know now I should get it fully now because everything else works like that for me. So why, like, what, why don't I know now? How come I, how come I can't have this now? Or how come it's not righted right now? It's like you're saying, it doesn't mean we don't work for justice. It doesn't mean that we don't pursue reconciliation and restoration on earth because it is important. Um, that's well, part of our mission important. as the and, church. And just to get real, let's just get real honest and practical about it. You know, if you look at the world today um, and the, the church today, there's a there's a lot of Christians today who they they want to care about racial reconciliation. They want to care about racism in one little corner of their soul. But there's other stuff that they're busy with. They haven't taken time. I haven't taken time like I should to really look at the injustices that have been done. And it's easy for us to think God's going to take care of it someday right. and allow that to become an excuse for not getting involved in what God wants done today. But let me just say, on the other hand, there are some believers who they're going after fighting against injustice as if there is no God of eternity, as if it's just up to us as human beings. Mm. And that's not true either. Yeah. We, we are servants of the God of eternity. We can have a, a, a peace and a strength about this, even in the terror and horror of the battle that others cannot have. So that's where the, that's why I'm saying both. And that's just a yeah. practical illustration of the both. And it has to be both for us. I, that that's so good. And I think, um, because we know that God is ultimately going to make it right one day, um, because, because we know that I think that can actually be, uh, when it gets hard, the wind in ourselves, when it gets hard, that can be the thing. That's our hope that we can Amen. hold on to that that's exactly what it pushing and be. keep going because we know, yes, we're working for it, but this doesn't all ride on our shoulders in this that's moment right. right now. Um, which takes, that lets you endure. You're right. It's wind in your sails. That's a really good picture. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get to as well thinking about God and being greater than time. How is this a comfort for us in our prayer life? Um, because we know God cares about what, what's going on in your life right now. God sees it. God cares about it. God's involved. Why, 
how, how is this a comfort and why should this be a comfort to us to know that God's greater than time? Well, I mean, we know uh, when we're praying to God that he, we're thinking he's going to answer someday, but mm-hmm. he knows he already has answered. If I prayed according to his will, whatever the answer to that prayer is, he already has answered it. I can stand in trust in that. And that's true if I'm praying for one of my grandkids and for the life that they're going to live. You know, maybe they're eight-year-old right now, but I pray for the person they're going to marry. And I'm gonna, yeah. I pray for what life they're going to live. I might even, who knows, I might be in heaven by the time they marry, and by the time they get into the workforce and start to think about what career they're going to have. But I can pray about that today knowing that it's going to be answered by God already. It's, yeah, otherwise, so you get into this crazy thinking like, if I die before the prayer is answered, is it going to be answered because, you know, I'm not still around? Well, no, he heard it and he actually answered it in the mm-hmm. moment that you prayed it. It's also, you know, it's also true, uh, very true when it comes to forgiveness. When you pray and you say, Jesus, forgive me of this sin, or when you first came to Christ and said, forgive me of my sins. Yeah. He's outside of time. He, by his very nature, by his very character, he has to forgive all your sins all at once. He's not a, oh, this one today, okay, that one too. Oh, another one tomorrow, that one too. That's not the way it's happening. It's not day-by-day day basis. All at once. He has yeah. to. That's who he is. Now, should we still confess our sins day by day? Yes, because we yeah. need to remind ourselves of his forgiveness every day. We need that. But we're not doing that to get him to forgive us again. And a lot of believers understand what I just said intellectually, but they don't understand it emotionally or in their soul, that God truly mm-hmm. has. I want you to hear this if you're listening. God truly has forgiven every sin all at once. That's the power of the cross. And that's Beautiful. the nature of God that you're talking about. Yeah. That, I think, man, that, there's, there's a lot to sit with in, in what you just said. And that in itself can be, can be a podcast episode. Um, and I don't want us to move past that too quickly. I don't want us to um, brush that aside. But think about that. Because God is greater than time, all of our sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. Um, and I can, I can so relate to that when you're saying, you know, a lot of believers can intellectually understand that, but on emotional heart level are far from it. And I think for, for me, my own story, that's, that's been true of me. Like I've fallen into traps of, I am day by day with God. Um, you know, I know, I guess I understand kind of that God has forgiven all of my sin, but you know, in the moment in dealing with sin and in, in repentance, it just, feel, it, it has felt so heavy. It has felt like, did I ruin the relationship? Um, mm-hmm. Is it, is it too much? Is it over for me? Um, and I think God will continually to come back and remind me of like, I'm not, you live day by day. Um, but I am not yes. in your, I'm not day by day with you and you, you have grace for today and we'll see about tomorrow. We'll see what your track record and your performance looks like tomorrow. But all of the sin past, present and future has been forgiven. Um, and that's just a, no, you know, as really I think helpful. about. Yeah. We, when rare, we talk about this in, in foundations and I don't, I don't have stick figures, but I think this can still work. It's, uh-huh. um, you know, before you're a Christian, God has his back turned on you, and there's a barrier between you and God because of your sin. There's no doubt about it. But the minute you come to Christ, God turns his face towards you, 
and the barrier is completely removed. Mm. However, sometimes as believers, we still turn our back on God. Oh, wow. We still turn our, and we can't see his face. Why? Not because he's turned his back on us. He's forgiven it all and the barrier is removed. I've turned my back on him. So what do I need to do? Just turn back to God. Turn around. As soon as you turn around, you're going to sense, you're going to see his face and you're going to know you're forgiven. Satan, the accuser, though, when you do this, he's whispering, he doesn't love you anymore. He's not there anymore. If you turn around, he's not going to be there. I'm telling you, he's going to be there based on the promise of Jesus, based on the power of the cross. And these are all truths that come out of the fact that God is greater than time, that he forgives all sin, past, present, and future. That's so good. That's so good. And I think that's a a good uh, natural place to, to, to wrap this conversation up. Um, and you guys, I, I, Brandon, I was worried we wouldn't be able to talk five minutes about this because <laughs> we probably can continue on for another hour if we want. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but man, pastor Tom, seriously, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and the, the, the theology behind it, the philosophy behind it. And, you know, in conversations like these, we hear it, in time and in the moment, but we know for you, this has been years of study. This has been years of thinking and doing the hard work. So I want you to hear from us. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for doing the hard work. Thank you for unpacking scripture in the nature of God for us, because I know that uh, that didn't just come to you in an instant um, that you have studied and prayed and have lived uh, through different experiences and hard experiences uh, to come to this understanding and to this knowledge. So thank you so much. Thank you, Brandon. And I I just have to smile and say, I've got this strange compulsion to go watch Back to the Future again after we (laughs) talk about this and just see what I can draw out of it. So (laughs) yeah, go watch Back to the Future after this and tie your brain more in a knot. (laughs) I don't know how much theology is in Back to the Future, but it's definitely entertaining. Very little, very little, but it'll be a, it'll, it's a good one. It sure is entertaining. (laughs) It is entertaining. That's for sure. Um, there is a song yes. about the power of love. So I'll go with that as the theology, the power of God's <laughs> love. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I should probably watch that. I don't know. What is it? If you go, was it 89 miles per hour or something like that? And you can <laughs> flux capacitor and all that stuff. Um, See, you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the Bible or if that's how God thinks, but um, it's in Back to the Future at least. So you guys, I hope this was an informative and helpful conversation to you. And, and, and my prayer for this is that it wouldn't just stop at, oh, so that's what God is like, but that it would extend to your heart and you'd have the comfort um, and the peace knowing that God is in time. He's greater than time, but he's also in time. And that God is concerned about you, that there's, uh, don't fall into the trap of God doesn't have time for that. Or there's more important things in the world for God to be concerned with. Uh, God is big enough. God has the bandwidth. God is concerned with the details and the intimate parts of your life too. And when you're praying, know that your prayers have a very long shelf life, um, that they can actually extend beyond um, our natural lives here on earth. So know that you're praying to a big, big, big God who's not only in time and greater than time, but has the power to do things and to power to change, uh, change things in our lives. So I hope that that's been a comfort for you. I hope that that can bring uh, hope and joy and peace to your life. Pastor Tom, any last words for us uh, as we wrap no, up? I love the way you episode? just summed that up. I love the idea of God has the bandwidth. I love yeah. that. <laughs> God has the bandwidth. He absolutely does. 
He absolutely does. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back again next week. Uh, we, as always, are thinking about you. We're praying for you, and we will be back with you soon. Bye, everybody. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week